Rena's going to kick us off with the uh, routine topic. Rena has to take another break real quick. <laughs> I have one more kid down here, and I'm really sorry about this. JJ, I need you to just stay out for until I'm done. Rena needs a quiet study space. Yeah, <laughs> See, this is our point exactly. It's really difficult when there's things going on. We're seeing it in real time right here. All right, can you shut the door, please? The topic of today's podcast is developing your students' digital organizational skills, study spaces, routines, and time management. Tech Talk for Teachers. Want to practice? Tech Talk for Teachers. The podcast where teachers discuss how technology can positively transform teaching and learning. I'm Rena Clark. I'm Paul Beckerman. And I'm Pam Beckerman. We are digital learning specialists. And we're here to share actionable teaching strategies for remote and blended learning. Education, Education is our passport to the future. And to get us started, we have a quote from Kenneth Chenault. Many people don't focus enough on execution. If you make a commitment to get something done, you need to follow through on that commitment. So thinking about that quote, Pam and Paul, what speaks to you? What are maybe some key words or phrases that stand out? Execution jumps out at me. You know, that's the hardest part. It's really easy to make a commitment, but it's not always easy to follow through on it. That execution of the commitment is really what defines success. And, um, you know, it's, it's what you do, not just what you say. Mm, and for me, it was commitment. Um, when we don't meet our commitment, it erodes um, trust, which is foundational to relationships. And during this really unusual and busy time, I'm really trying to learn to be judicious in making commitments. So I don't um, risk negatively impacting relationships, both profession- professionally and personally. Yeah. And, you know, commitments is a good segue into our podcast for today because we'll look at some strategies for helping students keep their academic commitments so that they can be more successful when learning at home. Specifically, we'll take a look at study spaces, routines, and time management. And I think Pam's going to kick us off with the study spaces topic. Yeah. When I think of study spaces, I think of my sister who manages a back and neck pain clinic clinic, and my first teaching license, which was business. So I think of ergonomics and when I think of setting up those spaces. And um, ergonomics is definitely something we should all think about, our students, as well as ourselves when we're working from home. Um, First off, to avoid those muscle strains and fatigue, we should really follow the advice of our keyboarding teachers. Remember when they talked about our posture, you know, feet flat, knees 90 degrees, elbows at the side, wrist flat. I remember my piano teacher putting coins on my, you know, on my uh, hands, make sure that they were flat. If it's possible to adjust the chair and the monitor so it suits the body. And um, there's ways that we can kind of um, kind of hack the system a little bit. We could bring the monitor up by putting it on top of books. Ideally, if you can, um, you know, use an external keyboard and mouse that allow you to adjust settings a little bit more. So you're looking more eye level to the monitor. And then certainly um, eye strain, if it's possible, if you could be in a room with good lighting, preferably that natural light is so much better, but good lighting is important. And then adjusting the monitor settings, you know, the font size, the brightness, the contrast, so it's easier on the eye. There's even some great extensions like um, visor that can help reduce the eye strain as well. And then even with all of that, it's important that we blink often, look regularly away and um, blink so that we're not having so much eye strain. Rena, what else should um, students consider when they're setting up those studies? spaces. 
I'm going to pause right now, though, because we're going to edit this out because I have kids down here that need to leave. Oh, no. They need to please, please. <laughs> you need to leave now, bud. I need you out. Out. They like your steady space, Rena. And shut the door, please. So, Pam, those are lots of great ideas. I know setting up five different study spaces for my husband, who's a teacher, and we have three kids at home that are doing remote learning. So we've had a lot of practice and we found some tables, but it was really interesting with different heights. We were looking for different kinds of chairs and things. And one of my kids, he just the sitting still and looking at a screen for long periods of time, not working for him. So we did end up getting a bouncy ball for him to bounce around um, and do some other things. Um, But the other thing to consider, especially with younger learners, but really with pre-K 12 is to have caregivers be a part of the equation. Um, So I know we were looking to pick or allowed, we allowed the kids to kind of pick spaces that were going to work for them. But we also wanted them to think about spaces where the screens were out in the open. (laughs) Um, So a caregiver could easily walk by, glance over the shoulder, see what the student's doing. Similarly to what teachers might do in a classroom, we're very strategic about placement. Um, And then just looking at monitoring how many tabs we have open. So the student can be in charge of that. But talking about it's really important to minimize the distractions in our study space, and those distractions can be on the screen. So if we have lots of tabs open, my phone next to me, my smartwatch going off, that's going to be very distracting. And there's all kinds of studies on the FOMO, the fear of missing out. So even that that ring, that tone is going to be distracting, and it's going to cause you to be distracted. And I don't remember uh, what the who did the study, but I remember reading a study recently done on college students where they recorded and monitored their screens and they were monitoring it during what the students classified as like study time, like they were studying and they found that students, not shocking, that had fewer tabs open and no social media alerts or tabs did significantly better. So we can help improve that for ourselves. Wow. I didn't have like a distraction tab announcer, but I had my mom and she'd come in and she'd say, Paul, you're being distracted. You need to get back to work. <laughs> so I think back to, you know, to my high school days and my brother and I would sit down at the kitchen table and we'd do our homework. It wasn't really distance learning, but in a sense it was because it was our homework. And I loved it because I got to hang out with my brother, but we always had the music on. And now when I think back of that, I was not very efficient. I bet homework took me two and a half hours when I could have been done in about 20 minutes because I was distracted by those things, just like those kids with their tabs. You know, maybe for art or something that's visual, it would work for me, but not for anything that's that's reading or that's that's words that I have to ingest. And then I think when I got to college, I think I got better at it because my friends and I would literally leave our dorm room and we'd go find an empty room on the college campus, like an empty classroom to study. And we'd all spread out. We'd either each take a different room or we'd be in a different corner of the room and we'd all study at the same time so that we, it's kind of like we didn't have that FOMO because we Mm -hmm. were all studying. It's like we knew that our friends weren't off doing something else. We kind of had this this little study community and it really, it really did help kind of ease the distraction because we all knew that we were in it together and we were all studying. And one kind of related thing that keeps coming to my mind lately is not all of our kids 
can find that secluded place to study, it really becomes kind of an equity issue. Some students just don't have a good space to be. Um, even teachers I see that have to work from home, you know, if they're watching their kids too, that's really hard. It's not an equitable thing. Like for me, my kids are not at home anymore. Pam's either for that matter. And, <laughs> and we don't have that same distraction, you know, so hopefully those kids can at least find the quietest space in their house or a place that has a door they can close. Um, or maybe even just find the quietest time of the day where they're, they're not going to be distracted. And just to extend on that, I mean, you even said house. We have many students that in their homes. I mean, it's not a house. It might be an apartment, a room, a mobile home of some sort. Um, but there are other ways. I know different people have helped hand out even just providing students a pair of over-the-ear headphones, not even because for listening, but just to help block out the other sound can be really helpful. And I know many, many places have done some amazing jobs providing resources through for drive-through and also helping kids get desks if they need to. So I guess in short, I just want to thank all of the organizations that have been providing support with that. For sure. All right. Well, we should transition into our second topic, which is routines and time management. Definitely related to the study space topic, but um a little different spin on it, a little different angle to take a look at it. And Rena's going to kick us off with the uh, routine topic. Rena has to take another break real quick. <laughs> I have one more kid down here, and I'm really sorry about this. <laughs> JJ, I need you to just stay out for until I'm done. Rena needs a quiet study space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is our point exactly. It's really difficult when there's things going on. We're seeing it in real time right here. All right. Can you shut the door, please? Yeah. I would say it's real. It very much is for all of us, our students and us. Okay. Sorry. Talking <laughs> about, um, I feel like this is perfect for what you're talking about. It is. Yeah, I know it is. We're seeing it in action. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rena, we're going to have you. Uh, I, You guys, I'm so sorry. I'm getting things thrown at me now, so I got to go deal with this. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost like it was scripted in distractions, but it does prove it's very real. It is. Mm -hmm. And the need for us as teachers to be empathetic to that, because it can happen to us, it can happen to our students. Um, yeah, not every giving, student is blessed with a quiet home. Mm -mm. And to give grace in that, because um, some of it we can control and some of, some of it's out of our control. Right. And in the classroom, we expect everything to be a little more the way we want it to be. But then when that classroom becomes our home, it's very unpredictable. But even in the classroom, that's not distraction-free either. So to expect it to be more perfect than what's real in our classroom as well isn't. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Sorry. No worries. <laughs> We're talking about the reality of the situation, Arena. It's very real. Routines, routines. Yeah, routines are extremely important. In some ways, I might say routines might be the first step in this whole process. If you have a good routine, then you can think about a space and managing your time. So routines varies differently by age, kind of, I think younger students need more support with that, creating routines. And traditionally, when they are in the classroom, teachers create a lot of guidance for routines and they have choice boards. And I think of especially like kindergarten, they have stations and it's timed and those routines create comfort. So how are we supporting 
caregivers or students at home to create those routines because it's really important there's some consistency. So there's been a lot of different things done um, through synchronous and asynchronous learning. There's some different strategies. And one thing I've talked about with my colleagues is in order for students to be successful and have successful routines, there's a couple things that they really a couple questions they need to be able to answer. So we came up with three questions and students need to be able to answer the following. Can I find it? So can they find what they need to do? Can they choose it? So they have choice in their learning and can they do it? Those are simple questions, but there's a lot to it because in order to find it, that means somehow it's had to be communicated to them how to find it. Is this live? Is it self-paced? How do I access it? And then can I choose it? So do I have choice? Am I being forced to do something that maybe I don't want to do or doesn't work for me? Um, if I have choice, it, it provides students the opportunity to really excel and do it differently based on their situation. And then can I do it? If I don't have the background knowledge or the accessibility, or you're asking me to do something with a book and I don't even have a book, I, I can't do it. So there's a lot. <laughs> they're simple questions, but there's a lot to those questions. <laughs> so those are just some good ways to kind of start thinking about routine. And then I know as a parent, I have definitely worked with my own kids on creating routines. Their teachers have worked as well. So I know their teachers have created some choice boards and provided clear instructions for what's supposed to be happening when they are not in synchronous learning. And they have also created routines. So every day during synchronous learning, they start with a morning meeting. The kids know what to expect, what to do. They've created teams. So when kids work with groups, they know exactly what to do, the expectations. So it goes back to that building classroom community. I know we have several articles on building classroom community and communicating with caregivers. And setting that all up is going to help establish routines But I would say this year specifically is very strange because of the distance learning. And so caregivers might need extra support. So I know with my, I call my littles, we actually created, even though it was online, on a piece of paper, created a choice board with boxes that the kids could check. And every day during our lunch check-in, they tell me what their choices are going to be and how they're going to accomplish them and what they're going to do. And then they can check that off. And we've had more success and a lot less crying. <laughs> less crying is always good, Rena. Always good. You know, and not all families have the benefit of having somebody who's an educator like you at home to guide them through that. So those kids are going to need even more structure, you know, than, than your kids might, because there's not maybe somebody who knows how to do that right there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, and you said that, especially for younger kids, that routine is important. And I would argue it's probably just as important for the older kids. Um, we had a situation a couple of years ago, actually, where we had some water damage in part of the school. So we were forced to go sort of to a hybrid model before anybody had even really started thinking about it. And we surveyed our kids afterward. And um, the two things that they said they really wanted out of that experience, they wanted better communication. And you really touched on that already, you know, the clear expectations and they wanted more accountability because, and that's, you know, for a high school kid to say that and really admit it, that's saying something because they like their freedom and they like to do what they want to do, but they recognized 
maybe I'm not quite ready to be responsible for my time all the time. Um, in fact, the number one thing that they did like about it was that they got to sleep in. We did a word cloud and it was like 75% of the word cloud was sleep. And uh, that's real. It's important. But those kids need to still have some kind of a routine where maybe they set a time. All right, I'm going to sleep in, but by 10 o'clock every day, I'm going to start working. And if they can set that routine so that every day they know school is going to start at a certain time, it gives importance to that and it's intentional and it, it makes it a priority in their day. And I think that's a, a really key piece, even for those, those older kids who want a little more flexibility, they still need that structure. Mm, I agree as well. And I, it actually made me think about having an accountability partner. So I know, mm. especially with older kids that could work, they have that kind of like that workout partner you need to get you to the gym because I'm not going on my own. But I think it's similar. You could have an accountability partner. You talked about earlier, your buddies used to go and it, it was all silent. You were silent, but you were kind of each other's accountability partners. And we could do that in a virtual way. I mean, you could meet with people and sit silently if you wanted to. I did that the other day with colleagues. We actually, we did turn on music, but with no words because we've researched that no words. And we sat silently and all worked for a set amount of time. And when the timer went off, we got back together. And that's the other thing. The use of timers has been really helpful. I know my, we use Alexa. It's hysterical to hear my kids say, Alexa, set timer for 20 minutes, because they've even figured out how to create an, a way to monitor their work time. And also Alexa apparently really is helpful for spelling words. I did not have that as a kid. <laughs> I've actually seen kindergartners, the classroom teacher, helping them with timers to, for the station rotations and helping them use the timer on the iPad to help manage that time. I know on um, Twitter, they very much have a lot of the same conversations about how it's really important for the students to establish the routines for themselves. Um, that we encourage students to create a schedule that works for their habits and help students set those realistic goals. I think that's so important when you said, I can read it's about empowering the students. And I think one way that we help students learn to efficiently manage their time is to provide them opportunities to reflect, monitor, and adjust their time practices, their time management practices. Um, what is working well for them? What adjustments should they make to their current practices? How can they refine their routines and practices so that it does work best for them? And so having that moment of pause where we are intentional to give them the chance to process what's working, what's not, so they can adjust their practices. And as we develop those routines, they should also be thoughtful about the need to recharge and not just their device, we think of that often with school, but also their cells for the next day. I mean, is it part of their routine to get um, exercise, which we know reduces anxiety and stress? Um, the fueling of the body and the mind with what we eat and, what, and that we drink plenty of water, is that part of their routine? And then, Paul, you mentioned sleep, being in the word cloud. You know, that's so important. Are they getting plenty of rest? Because um, we know that sleep deprivation will negatively impact brain function. So that should be part of the conversation of routine as well because just like ergonomics um, those tips are good for us adults too are we practicing good routine in our work as well and actually uh, our tool tip today kind of talks a little bit about a tool that can help manage routine and time management kind of both as a package deal um, and that's to have a digital calendar or an e-planner of some kind to keep us on track and when I think of that I think of 
uh, the calendar that's built into a lot of learning management systems, where if a teacher puts a due date on an assignment, that will automatically populate on the calendar. But then the student can often go in there and add their own events as well. And now they have one place, and that's the key, I think, is that it's one central place where they have both what their teacher put on there and what they chose to put on there. So I really look at that LMS as a, as a great choice. Um, Pam, any, any other ideas for planners and calendars that you've come across? Yeah, I don't know if you've had a chance to see slidesmania.com or not yet. Um, I was doing a little bio on the author of this website, but she is not a designer by trade. She actually works in the financial markets and does this to be creative, but she's making all these amazing templates for slides and PowerPoint. And she's really done a great job of understanding the educational market. And she's made all of these different planners for weekly or yearly e-planners. She's even made notebook um, templates out there as well as choice boards and game templates. It's an amazing resource. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, slidesmania.com. I think it's been popular with my teachers. Time saver. I did not realize that she was in the financial area, which is so interesting because she gives it away for free. Yeah. She comes from Uruguay, lives in Spain, and she's just really been following Twitter and the educators on Twitter and finding out and hearing what it is we need and being very intentional, trying to meet that need. And she's doing a marvelous job. Um, Nice resource. Yeah. There's some great resources that I've seen in there. Um, you've both touched on tools that I use. Um, so another related tool is Calendly. And I know a lot of teachers that use this and it's a free scheduling software. There is a premium version, but you can have this way you can set it up. So in your email, you can put it in your signature or share it with students, but you could have your colleagues or students or parents even sign up for meetings and it integrates with your calendar. So it's like my Outlook calendar. I can set it so that meetings can only be scheduled during certain times and when I don't already have other meetings and I can even set how long I need between meetings. But that way I'm not sending 20 back and forth emails to figure out when can we meet. So it is more efficient and it helps with my routine to just be able to have people sign up for their own meeting slot or office hour slot. And then I know in the Office 365 suite, they have something somewhat similar. It's called bookings. So if you have Office 365, you could use bookings for the same the same way. Boy, we were talking about before we came on air today, how just incredibly busy everybody is and just how the workload is weighing on people. And that sounds like something that could really help make things more efficient and maybe gain some of that time back. Yeah. And then even just as a step to help people, I might be like, oh, sure. Just use this link and you can sign up for a meeting. And it saves, like I said, like 20 emails. (laughs) Cool. There's another one that's similar. It's called Doodle. So you can do a doodle thing and it's like a poll, but it works kind of the same way. All right. We've talked about a bunch of things, but now let's talk about one thing. What's the one thing that you kind of have as a takeaway from our conversation today, Rena? I think we touched upon it, but it's very important that we teach and demonstrate how to manage time, how to develop routines and how to create spaces because students have never really had the opportunity, a lot of them to be in charge of that on their own in remote learning or on their own time. And I definitely think they might have a leg up 
into their career and future college career beyond because they're going to have experience with that because often they get into those spaces and they never have. So in a way, I'm going to look at it as a positive that they get to experience this now. How about you, Pam? I think that's a great positive. I think that also feeds off of what was on my mind. I think it's really important that we help students explore various best practices in terms of routines and time management so they can find the path that works best for them. I know what works best for me is not the same as the words works best for Paul, but we both have a system that works for each of us. And I think it's important that they find out the path that works for them. And that takes repeated practice and that reflection for them to identify what works for them. And like you said, Rena, then that sets them up with a life skill, um, not just for school, but um, college and career and beyond. For sure. And, you know, my one thing today is to use a calendar or to develop some kind of an organizational system so you don't forget things. And one thing that I want to make sure that I don't forget this week, it's Pam's birthday. Oh, boy. <laughs> anyway, it's Pam's birthday this week. So. Don't forget, Paul, put it on the calendar. He must have had it on the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't forget anyway, but uh, I think our listeners should also put on the calendar the podcast for next week. Tune in next Wednesday and catch our next episode. It's been uh, great discussing organization and routine and time management with everybody this week. <laughs> okay, I didn't know you were going to do that. <laughs> I know you did it. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, what? Yikes. Thanks for listening to Tech Talk for Teachers. We invite you to visit us at avidopenaccess.org, where you can explore tech tips, grab-and-go lessons, templates, and videos that will help you bring remote learning to life. We want to hear from you, so let's continue the conversation. Join us each Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Central for live chat on Twitter, where we will facilitate conversations related to remote and hybrid learning. Look for hashtag TechTalkForTeachers, we will discuss your responses on future podcasts. You can also call us and leave a message at 858-223-8999. Please share your comments or feel free to ask us a question. Once again, that's 858-223-8999. We'll be back here next Wednesday for a fresh episode of Tech Talk for Teachers. Thanks for listening and have a great week. And remember, go forth and be awesome. Thanks for all you do you make a difference.